It's Gabriel. It's Bailey. And this is CYMK. Hello, I am Felice House. I am an associate professor at Texas A&M University. I am a painter. I've been doing that for about 25 years. Welcome to the CYMK podcast here at the museum. Thank so. you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, we were what so excited to have you on because of your exhibit opening tomorrow, July 20th. The Peacemakers. You're in collaboration with your husband, Dana Younger. Am I saying that right? It's true. That is true. <laughs> and actually, in the course of the last couple of days, there are now two exhibitions. Yes. So we have the Peacemaker, the Peacemakers in Gallery Verde, and we have another exhibition, Trailheads. Trailheads. They were talking about the Coop. Nice. So we've split the work, and there's two different exhibitions, uh, both uh, in collaboration with Dana. How exciting. Yeah. And what really amazing stuff, I just have to the say. The work is so good. Yes, we were fans. So amazing. Remember, we had talked about the episode that just came out today, which is about like you guys' work. And it's right. We did an episode that came out today that just, uh, it was us talking about our impressions of the work <laughs> yeah. uh, and how, how excited we are about the show. And then we just kept saying, oh, I can't wait to ask Felice this. I, I know, can't I wait to like, see what she says about, about this. this. I have a question about that. <laughs> and so. Wonderful. Thank you for actually engaging with the art and like caring and doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, so I guess to start off the conversation in your re Western series, um, you reimagine these historic Western heroes as women, and you know you do it in in with the Western genre, which I really connect with because. I've grown up in Texas my entire life. I've been in this small town, rural Texas, and I've never seen those heroes as women mm -hmm. in Western. So I've never connected with the Western genre in my life before, even though yep. I'm a Texan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but seeing your work has been like a total 180. I love it now. I love Westerns. I'm a Western girl. <laughs> <laughs> you turned us Western. Well, it's just, it, it was just so inspiring, wonderful, just wonderful symbolism behind the work and I would love for you to talk a bit about that if you want to. Yeah, so in 2013 I did a joint exhibition also with my husband Dana. Uh, we love working together. Um, I have a lot to say about that as well but uh, let's back to re-western. Okay, so with re-western we were both reimagining the West and what I was doing I was reimagining the the film genre of the West, so which is very different than the historic West. So I was reimagining characters like Clint Eastwood and James Dean, um, Gary Cooper, and allowing those heroic roles to become women. So I consider those paintings of cowboys who are women because the, the cowgirl in society has been totally co-opted and over-sexualized. Like, I remember Googling cowgirl in 2013, back when we made that first exhibition, and it was just these, like, wild, you know, partially clothed ladies Pin that up. happened to be wearing hats, yeah, right? That masculine, that masculine toughness to them. It's just yeah. like... They have one bandana on covering the, yeah. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, right. A skillfully tied bandana. Uh -huh. Yeah, so what I'm really interested in is the ability for people to see themselves in a heroic role and in order to and the way we understand that is through culture and culture has shown us John Wayne and shown us a James James Dean even though they were not cowboys actually they are actors but I wanted to present women in those roles that we give a lot of power in culture to 
Absolutely, because like I said, you don't you don't see those iconic Western movies with a strong female lead, and the the female in the movie is usually tied up on the railroad tracks, getting there it saved, is. you know, or they're maybe a prostitute, right? A cabaret dancer, <laughs> or you know, in the saloon, hiking her skirt up. So like, waiting for their husband to come home. Uh-huh. I've never seen a waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's lovely to see them in a in a strong, just gruff and tough role that you don't usually see them in, and and it really makes us think about how we view masculine and feminine roles in the Western genre. So. Love that. Yeah, and it's also like, okay, what if James Dean or John Wayne was a woman? Like, let's imagine that movie. That that's what I'm interested in. Like, mm-hmm. what's what does that movie look like? Mm-hmm. You know, the western. So I started getting really interested in the western genre when I moved to Texas. My parents moved to Texas when I was 15, and so I was like trying to figure out who I was. And there's this amazing genre, right? That really had no role for, that. I, as a woman, was interested in. And so I was like, well, I can use that, I can take that, and I can create a role. Um, but also, it's not just gender. Uh, also, these movies in terms of race are incredibly racist, Yep. right? It's yep. like this idea that a white cowboy could come onto a land that was had been inhabited by people for thousands and millions of years and just own it as their own. like. There's a lot of uh, narratives that need to be uh, picked out in that way as well. Absolutely, diversity. You don't you don't see much diversity in many that's what westerns. I love about, like, the first thing I noticed whenever I noticed the peacemakers in the painting, I was like, there is diversity within these cowgirls, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, not only what yeah. if they were a woman, what if they were Asian, or what if they were black? You know, right? Amazing. With yeah. The, with the paintings, were they specific people like that you know around, or was it just more of like an image that you thought of, or a person that you thought of, or do you know them personally? Yeah, so everyone in the Peacemakers, I actually work with. Oh so um, Gabriella Eastwood is an architect that is a professor at Texas A&M. She also grew up on a ranch in Brazil shooting guns. Oh my goodness. So like, I not only found <laughs> like, like her pose was real i mean you know she took that gun and she knew just what to do with it so it's amazing it isn't you know it's just kind of it was interesting for me to see those that side of my work colleagues Mm -hmm. as well that is so cool i would feel so honored to be painted first and how beautifully you paint them and then yeah to like that story is kind of going through them as well i believe yeah well it's so interesting too because i think as women we're trained to make coy approachable facial expressions Mm -hmm. in photographs and so the models seeing themselves in these ways, like some of them were not these in particular, but at some points, you know, people have to grapple with the way they want to be depicted, um, you know, or other people's feelings about them being depicted in that way. Like, oh, my son doesn't like this picture of me. Like he mm-hmm. wants me to be more friendly or, you know, I think a lot of times people want images of women to be very approachable and right. friendly. Same with the women themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. We navigate the world in that way. Yeah. And there's consequences if we don't. Right, mm-hmm. well, and, and living in Texas or, you know, growing up in Texas, you see these real hardworking, gruff women that grow up on ranches and that do that hard work. But like we said, they're not depicted in those movies in that way. Right. You know. 
Yep. And I think that's where, where art can fill a role, like fill the role of myth in society and kind of expose us to different things. There's definitely been some amazing photo series of women um, cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, the, like, the, my paintings are a little bit different because they are kind of dealing with culture, like pop culture and this sort of, like, vision of the West that's in, the, in movies. Right. So Dana, that said something in his artist statement about um, Western American mythology connected with the word mythology because it's truly become a mythology. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So do you want to get into about uh, collaborating with Dana? I do. I'm also really interested in the role of myth in culture because I think for a long time, for the whole history of humanity, we've had certain myths and the myth of the hero has been dominated by stories of men, Odysseus, and mm-hmm. di- you know, different people going out and conquering their demons. And I'm, I'm thinking that we're in an age um, that's really bringing about equ- the equality of men and women. Now we're not there yet, but women have opportunity to education, um, have opportunities to choose a career path, have opportunities to decide when they wanna have children you know, in a way that we haven't had for the history of all of humanity. So now we're in this really interesting time where I think we need to start creating myths about women heroes to allow ourselves to see ourselves in that role. Right, yeah, like the new goddesses of Americana or something, you know. Yeah. I I definitely agree with that because we don't connect with those stories as much. I mean, even if it's subconsciously. If it's, you know, a man depicted in a role, we just, I don't know, at least me, I don't connect with it as much until it's somebody I really see myself in that role being, so. I think the only goddess I know of is Athena. And that's the only, like, woman goddess that everyone ever talks about. They don't, they know there's more out there, but they don't ever... Oh yeah. Up, they're just like, oh yeah, Athena's. Like, okay. Or even longer, is there more? Like, oh man, I think some of the like Hindu goddesses too are definitely worth oh, looking up. Yeah. There's so you know just anyway. There's so many good ones out there. But even like the founding fathers, like yeah, where are the founding mothers? Right. You know, there are they're there. They were there, and they were probably backing their husbands so hard and supporting them so hard and making them get through the day. Like they contributed that too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think we need to, people need to see themselves in a heroic role, whether that's a woman or someone African-American, Hispanic, Asian, of any variety, of any age, we need to see ourselves depicted Yeah, um, to feel, to feel like we fit, to feel like we like have a place. So when it comes to like superhero movies, this is my big question. Would you like think about painting women superheroes within like the melt, like a Iron Woman or is like, I don't know, I just feel like the way that women have been superheroes, even from comic books, has not been good. And I know they're trying to progress now, but I feel like it's, I don't know. It's got the same problems as the Western genre, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe every other genre. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why we, we as women, now that we have access, it's hard to believe that women didn't have access to education until very recently. Mm-hmm. Or could have a credit card or could own land. Right. <laughs> or could actually, right, get a credit card mm-hmm. without their husband signing off. And I think that was in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just hasn't been that long. Um, and they're and- already trying to take it back. They're taking everything back now. <laughs> yeah. In the Western genre that I never grew up connecting with. So I can see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I make all these paintings about these movies 
Um, but but when I watch the movie, it, they're so hard for me to watch because I'm like, right, I want there to be a woman in that role. Mm -hmm. And I want there to be a different dynamic with the Native people. And I want there, you know, I, I want all these things. So in that way, I think my husband and I doing exhibitions together, I think one of our goal, the goals of our marriage is to try to figure out or navigate equality in a marriage, Beautiful. right? And so we're both artists. And so we try to navigate that in our artwork too. And we, we were just commenting earlier how we feel like, ah, this these two shows are feeling pretty balanced. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, like the first exhibition we had, maybe the paintings dominated. You know, it was like, yeah. Um, and then the second show, the sculpture dominated. And this one, we're, we're feeling like, oh yeah, we, we've got a pretty good balance going. But it's it's a very intentional kind of, act that we understand is like a, a negotiation in progress because we don't have a great example to go by, mm -hmm. you know, of just men and, and setting the example as you go of what feels right and what feels yeah equal, like you're saying. Yeah. yeah. There's been um, artist couples throughout history. Um, and sometimes the, it, their careers go along great until like the husband goes off with another woman and you're like, damn it, <laughs> damn it. You were almost an example. <laughs> and you you. <laughs> Charles and Ray Eames, you know, it's like all these people that we look up to and then they kind of like something goes haywire. Anyway, we're, we're doing our best. Um, did uh, so did you guys start collaborating from the moment that marriage contract was signed or like did, it, <laughs> did you work it into the relationship? Like, how did that it's go written in the contract? Actually, so <laughs> written in the marriage yeah. contract. That's so funny. So Dana and I met. Um, I. When I was in my 20s, I was trying to figure out how on earth do you become an artist, right? Like, how do you do that? I don't know how to do that. And so the only, I, I thought if I could just get a painting in a coffee shop, then that, then I'd be like, okay, I'd like, like, I'm going to do this. So I went around Austin, Texas, and I was living in Bryan, Texas at the time. And I went around and I scheduled shows at all these coffee shops, like one every month. And I would like move it from one coffee shop to another coffee shop to another coffee shop and like make work and add it in and a restaurant. Anyway, at one of those coffee shops, Dana, who runs the Blue Genie Art Bazaar, which is an art and gift show uh, that runs every year in Austin, sent me an email and said, oh, I saw your paintings. I'd love for you to be in my art show. And I was like, sign me up. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in his art show for years and years. Uh, and then back in, I guess, 2007, eight, uh, we started to going to life drawing classes together romantic totally <laughs> <laughs> are anyway. drawing still life is that or is that like whenever you like, like drawing a figure model okay, okay. cool so you're taking the figure drawing so romance that's right so we took <laughs> are you coming to the figure drawing class yes so we'd show up on our bicycles draw for like a year we just hung out that's it was nice. fun yeah eventually we got married oh, yep. beautiful yeah. and then so then started making art together. Let's see. We got married in 2011, and that's when I got my job at A&M. And when did we had our first joint exhibition in 2013? Okay. So do you do you really still feel, you know, as an individual artist, or do you feel like his work really complements yours to the point where you kind of need each other to feed off of? I mean, I think we both have our own independent creative practice. Um, but, you know, humans are, um, we're social animals, 
you know, and the people we're around influence us so much. And so we're married and we hang out on the couch and we're like talking about ideas and we're talking about process. And then inevitably we make a show. Um, yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So he definitely has shows that he does by himself. I have shows that I do by myself, but when we're developing these bodies of work, just the momentum of having two of us together, is just very useful. You know, it's hard to do things in a vacuum. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you yeah. guys primarily stick to the Western theme or do you have other series with different themes? We did another exhibition called Some You, Some Me. I was about to ask We about love that, that one. Um, yeah. And we were thinking about like humans' relationship to nature and the external landscape versus our own internal emotional landscape. So I made these paintings, which were head and shoulders portraits of women. There's a theme that I do, portraits of women. Um, And they were like in an environment that was kind of like their emotional landscape. Um, And during the pandemic, actually right before the pandemic, the, the figures started dropping out of my paintings. And so I'd always done figures within the landscape. The re-Western, it was like the cowboy in the landscape or the um, Some You, Some Me series, the head and shoulders in front of the emotional landscape. And then after that came a joint exhibition that Dana and I did, Trailheads and Transmutations, and the figure dropped out entirely. So kind of with the pandemic, you know, we were losing people like socially in our lives. And then also they kind of left my paintings. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because everybody's quarantining. You're not seeing your friends. You're not going to class. Right. So you do feel like that empty landscape yourself sometimes. Is it supposed to feel empty? Like you are missing something when you look back at your semi-semi or is it like just a landscape? Well, the semi-semi still had people. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the trailheads and transmutations, that's when the people really dropped out. And I kind of, I still kind of consider it a portrait. It's just a portrait of a landscape. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like there's our physical nature and then our spiritual nature. And I think the landscape represents more the spiritual nature. Um, And I felt so strongly during those years where we were in isolation and we were trying to like examine what was happening. across the entire world. I just really felt like going inwards and what came out was landscape. Yeah. And uh, remind me again when you moved to Texas. My parents moved to Texas in 1992 and I was 15. Um, okay. So that, what you know, the Western landscape has been in your, in your inspiration in the back of your mind for quite a while. And that's the place you naturally went to and, you know, COVID happened and we were all feeling... We were all dealing with some of our internal turmoils. Um, but do any other landscapes kind of creep into your inspiration besides the Western? Yeah, it's interesting. I went to high school in British Columbia, Canada. So my parents were in Texas, but I would I was in a boarding school in Canada. And the Oh, old, so you didn't move here at 15? They just moved here at 15? Well, they moved here, and then I would go. I went to a boarding school, so I was oh, there, like, kind of okay. during the year. They were supposed to move to Texas for a year, um, but then they just never left. So um, the woods of British Columbia, Canada, these, like, old-growth temperate rainforests are, like, that. in my dreams. Oh, my. Yeah. It's like, it's, like, to die for. It's, mm-hmm. like lush, rich um, earth that smells so good and trees that are massive. And um, it's interesting. I think the West, when I moved to Texas, 
there was something about the landscape that was so harsh, like almost uninhabitable. And there was something about painting it in a way that exemplified its kind of beauty. There's kind of a tension there. Like it's this dry, craggy desert in West Texas that like, if you forget your water, you're gonna be in trouble. But you, but when you paint it, it's just, um, it's almost jewel-like, mm -hmm. the different colors and shapes and. You really do bring out those fabulous just colors and your brush strokes. They're, they're loose, but it's still so realistic. And it's, it's just so beautiful how you depict just a simple landscape. Like you can't take a picture like that. Mm -mm. You do these little red flakes, which mm -hmm. I just love so much. Cause it's like the sun hitting and it's like the highlight and it's beautiful. You can it. really tell like it's hot there and it's dry, <laughs> yeah. but it's like beautiful yeah. and colorful. You can tell how, yeah, how deadly that sun is. <laughs> totally. but you totally. depict it so well, it makes <laughs> me want to go there. Yeah, yeah well. last night. Uh, eight o'clock or nine o'clock. I was like, oh, it's cooled down. And we look at the t thermometer, 106. I'm like, oh, it's cooled down. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's dangerous out there. But being in the water's nice. So oh, definitely. So. And San Angel is so beautiful with this river. Y'all have this river mm -hmm. that runs through it. And this True. historic downtown that has all this, these, this amazing architecture. And then the museum itself has a beautiful architecture. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm super excited to be here. I, I've actually, so happy. I've actually come to San Angelo a number of times, but somehow never knew it was San Angelo. Oh. <laughs> and so, like, I've been to your downtown, like, eaten and been out and been to the Mexican restaurant down the road. And There's so. a lot of little, like, iconic places here in San Angelo, but... It, I don't know, it puts us on the map for some reason. Everybody's like, I know San Angelo. And it's like, you do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, but I did want to ask you, um, so in Austin, I'm sure like having these feminism ideals or inspirations in your artwork aren't as weird or wacky, but mm -hmm. in small rural towns, maybe like San Angelo, maybe not. Um, you might get some blowback from that, unfortunately. Um, I was wondering if you have had that before or if you are at all concerned about that just in general yeah it's so interesting I mean I think one thing that's happened with these paintings is because there's like an entry point for almost everyone mm -hmm. they don't come they, these ideas don't come across as very threatening no right right so it's it's kind of interesting because like it the people that love westerns grew up watching westerns they're like, oh my gosh. Well, I love Westerns. Yeah. yeah, like I love Gary Cooper in that movie. Or And they, I mean, they know more about the movies than I do. And that's fun for me to have mm -hmm. that dialogue. But like just a little crack of, oh, that could be a woman. In, yeah, I mean, I so I haven't had a lot of overtly negative responses um well that's great i think that yeah many yeah. people could just miss the point completely they're like oh my gosh a girl cowboy is so cute but right. i love john Wayne more like i or yeah. if they you know they don't like go like us and read your entire website and comb yeah. through and we're like they oh. already have this idea in their mind of like oh well it's always going to be a man and it's always going to be a man on that role and there's always going to be this like masculine or like this like dominance over it. So they just kind of view the point or view the portrait at like face value. And so they don't really get. Oh, yeah. So. yeah, It's interesting. So to kind of talk about power and culture, you almost need to know that these are coming from movies. Right. Right. 
But also, if you don't know that they're from movies, then they're just a powerful portrait, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like the people that know Western movies, they, they know just who it is. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, I know. I know that movie. I know that scene from that movie. And then there's other people, younger people probably, who approach it without having ever seen a Western movie. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I haven't gotten a lot... But I also, I like the idea that there are different access points for different people. You know, like Mm -hmm. someone who just simply loves Westerns can also enjoy them. Right. And me or Gabriel, who typically don't (laughs) enjoy Western (laughs) movies or culture, we're we're totally in love with your art. So it's great. I feel like the the genre is is cool. I mean, Mm -hmm. the outfits are cool so cool the like aesthetic is so cool i love this like strong idea of like good and bad you know it's just so iconic Mm -hmm. um so it is fun to play with so it can be fun but i think if we can make it more inclusive Mm -hmm. for for everyone then it's a little more fun yeah yeah so you know my other last big question that i wanted to ask was if you were a heroine in a western who would you be replacing and in what Western? <laughs> Whoa. How can I not have thought of this question ever? I was like, I bet she's thought of this before. I was like, oh, she'll answer this. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's funny. Like, with all my other series, except Rewestern, I've always used people I know. But in the in the initial Rewestern series, I used nobody I knew. Oh, and I used people who like wanted to be kind of famous or like wanted to be a star mm-hmm. and had an affiliation with a specific character Ooh. in a Western movie. So like the, um, one of the models, uh, Virginia, grew up with a Clint Eastwood poster and sh- she responded to an ad and she said, I have to be Clint Eastwood. Um, and then someone else was like, I need to be James Dean. Like, and these were your colleagues? These are people that for the original series with the full figures. Oh, okay. um, these were people I did not know. Mm-hmm. I got them off of Craigslist. Oh my goodness. So that was crazy. That's right. So cool. uh, Wait, like the movie poster that's in? Not the movie poster. The movie poster that's in there, uh, there was a movie, uh, a female director out of Canada who was making an all female Western movie and asked me to do the poster. So <gasps> amazing. That's the poster? That is the art for, for a. Sh- a all-female Western short movie oh that she did called Last Stand to Nowhere. That's so cool. Okay, Amazing. I really need to think about what... Um, yeah, take your time. Yeah. It's an important question. I mean, I might need to think for like a year. <laughs> Hang on to your seats. We, we don't have a year. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll be back, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You don't I have know. to answer now, but if, you, if the inspiration anyway. comes well, to I you... Well, I probably want to be James Dean because he's just so cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but also I want to be John Wayne because he's so iconic. Iconic, yeah. Yeah. That's like the name that I know of whenever... Think of Western. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. Whenever I think of my grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I love talking to your grandpa, those mm-hmm. people, and then I love talking to you because I think both people come at this from two really mm-hmm. interesting points of view, but there's still an access point in both ways. Yeah, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah. So you do have that inclusivity, and so it's there, that's good. I like people to walk into an art museum and have an access point. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes it can get a little exclusive. Like you walk in and if it's just like 
you know, sometimes the entry point is just purely aesthetic. Like you see the aesthetics, but sometimes you walk into a gallery and you're like, I have no idea what's going on. And I think, I think artists can be a little more um, thoughtful mm -hmm. about giving people an access point. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about, about your work or about any more inspirations or any more series to come? Or what are we thinking? Um, I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super happy to be here. <laughs> I am really enjoying my time in San Angelo. Nice. I love these galleries. Um, and the people have been super great to work with. Thank you guys so much for like investigating the work that I do. Stalking. I spend a lot of time making this and sometimes I'm like, is this just for me? Um, I think so. it's okay even if it is just for you. Oh like. yeah. I agree. But it's also nice uh, to have someone who's like looked at it and thought about and so it. So are your paintings anywhere permanently or is your work anywhere permanently like in Austin or at College Station? Um, one of my Western paintings was collected um, by a museum in Georgia. I have a painting in the permanent collection of the Booth Museum of Western Art in Georgia. Okay. Amazing. Western so Georgia. I'm super excited that they uh, bought one of the pieces. Uh, Rebecca Wayne in True Grit. Oh, uh, fun. With cool. the eye patch. <gasps> yeah, the eye patch. Um, I'll look it up. Oh yeah, True she's, Grit is she's actually super cool. there's like a a new adaptation of that one, so you could probably go into that. That's true. Really Gibson. Gibson. Well, so at some point in September, um, we'll come back and we'll do some type of workshop here. So you are one thing that we might do is we might do a photo shoot to like to like get people to pose, <gasps> get women or men to pose as a Western character. So that could be a fun. How exciting. Um, that might be fun. So if we do that in September, you guys have to come. Absolutely. Be yep. on the I'll bring hats that. and shirts. Yeah. Do you guys have dates yet or is it just a couple nights to all of it? It's September. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know that um, we want to do it when the university is in session here. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and that's Angelo. Is that Angelo right? Angelo State University. Angelo State University. And, and there's another, is there a community college here? There is Howard College, and that's... Yes, come see the Peacemakers. It's in Gallery Verde from Ju July 20th through October 8th. Features husband and wife duo, Felice House and Dana Younger. And then... Um, Trailheads is happening also through October 8th. More amazing work to see in the so gallery. So we thought we were bringing one show, but now we have two. They brought two shows the with the them. The more the merrier. That's right. It, those spots need to be filled with amazing art, and you guys did it, so thank you. We're super excited about both shows. I'm excited. Well, thank you for being a guest with yes, us thank today. You. Thank you guys. What a pleasure. Total pleasure. Yeah.